So someone just say, good evening, Lord. Say, welcome. Say, welcome. Yeah, you can point to your own heart and say, Lord, welcome, welcome, welcome in the name of Jesus. Yeah, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Welcome, Lord. Welcome, Lord. Well, glory to God. Glory to God. We, 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 we've sparked something. We've already been in the midst of this talking about Occupy Till I Come, and we've gotten a sub-theme along with that. Come on, put them up. I know for those that were there on this past Sunday, put them up. Ten. Ten X stewardship. God is in his grace, you know, has placed some things in our responsibility. And so there's some stuff that he's just, uh, and um, you actually see it from the garden, uh, you know, from the very beginning, placed the man in the garden and gave him responsibility, gave him a charge and a word to keep. And so uh, I believe that that has been restored in Christ Jesus because, um, you know, he's given some things to us. You know, there's things that he's given even unto the children of men, right? We know everything belongs to the Lord. God owns everything and we own nothing, but there's still some things that he's given for us to be able to steward and to watch over and to care for and to nurture and to develop. And so that's really, uh, I believe, as we are occupying until he comes and as God is really charging us up to really um invade, if you will. Well, yeah, I'll say that just because that just came out, but really just ushering in his kingdom and the influence of the kingdom in the various spheres in which we operate in. I know different people operate in different capacities, but God and his glory and his kingdom must cover. Come on. As the waters cover the sea, so does his glory. Amen. So we've been talking about 10 10 times better. That's where we were from this past Sunday, just even looking at Daniel. And so it was brought to my remembrance uh, something that we heard from Apostle Becky Gametzi on August 15th. So you can go back to our YouTube or go back to the podcast. And I want to tell you, listen to it again. I don't know. Many of us have listened to it multiple times, but it was such an eternal uh, revelation uh, in which he talked about. And so the title of it was Anointed to Think. Woo! Anointed to Think. And it was so profound, some of the jewels and some of the treasures in which he was, re was releasing. But I wrote down one thing in particular, because when we're talking about stewardship, um, uh, one of the key principles is wisdom. Amen? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, even as the Bible says. And so, uh, I'm going to do my best to, to, to just avail myself to, to teaching tonight. And of course, you know, we'll flow as well. Uh, but one of the things that Apostle Becky uh, Gometsky said that Sunday, and I put it in a quote that he shared, Daniel the prophet performed no miracle himself, though we know some things took place on his behalf. And he, of course, he had favor, which we talked about on Sunday. But he says this, Apostle said this, but still he was anointed in wisdom. Right. And I continue in the quote, and that's what made them talking about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the head and not the tail above and not beneath. And then here we go. Here's one thing amongst the multiple profound things he said. He said this, and we need to tap into this wisdom of God and we need to tap into this wisdom of God. So someone just say right now, I need to tap into the wisdom of God. Good. So now that already just conditions 
uh, begins to condition, you know, uh, you, you know, our thinking in that direction. It's like, God, I thank you for your wisdom because there is a wisdom that God gives that the world actually doesn't have access to. Come on, there's a wisdom of the world. It's a type of wisdom. That's a lower form of wisdom, but it is a type of wisdom. But then there's a wisdom and a knowledge of God, not just about him, but also knowledge and wisdom that he has. And so the Bible even says this, oh my gosh, help me, Lord. <laughs> but even wisdom talked about itself and says, hey, I was there with him from the beginning. Yeah, so wisdom is important, but what we're talking about specifically tonight is mining for wisdom. Because Apostle Becky, he said, you know, we need to tap into the wisdom of God. And so tonight we're talking about mining for wisdom. Now, remember, we read on this past Sunday that Daniel was gifted in all wisdom. That was one of the qualities of his character that helped him in his stewardship and in, in the promotion in which uh, the king of Babylon, you know, of the various kings actually promoted him to, but he was gifted in wisdom. So now let me just share a little bit more about Daniel. We're actually not going to talk about him tonight, but one of the things that was profound about him prophetically, he actually served under different administrations. There were different kings in which he served. There were kings that when he, when he came into influence and when he came into acknowledgement and a position there was a king that time and then it was another king and then another king and so at the same time because of the wisdom because of the gift because of the grace of God because also of his life and stance of prayer and his conviction we didn't get to that part uh, but he had that you know he was able to serve in the various capacities and God blessed him as a result and so and all the changes that are going on in society, and we know even in our own nation, uh, governmentally speaking, there's different administrations that we vote every four years. And we know um, in, in corporate arenas, you have different supervisors and different CEOs and different executives and different bosses uh, that take place. And then, of course, uh, we also know if you're running a business, there's different employees, different transitions, all this stuff that takes place in transitions, but yet wisdom remains. And we sung about God being unshakable, so we are as well. But one of the things, as we're talking about mining for wisdom tonight in particular, because uh, there's, there's a whole lot to share about it, but my assignment, I feel in particular tonight, is to really discuss mining for wisdom, but to do that is the importance and value of asking the right and good questions. Okay, asking the right and good questions. So now when you go back, I'm just referencing this again before we springboard into some things some more. I uh, remember listening to Apostle uh, Becky during that message, anointed to think, he would share some conversations that he had with some um, financially affluent people. And then he would ask them questions about, you know, certain things or how did you come into this or something that you did that. So he was asking those people, well, man, how did you do that? So asking the right question that helps with that helps with wisdom, because as we're occupying until we come, thank God that we have access to his knowledge and wisdom. But then there's still some things that we need to operate in within the realm of the earth as well, too. So we are going to operate in both. Amen. And so we got some strategies, some insight as the importance and value of it tonight. So now I ask God, I ask God, it's like, okay, Lord, <laughs> it's like, why are we talking about this? 
why are we talking about this? So here's one of the things I believe that he was sharing with me. Uh, because there are things I desire for you to find. It is my glory to conceal a thing, but your glory to seek out a matter. Remember, you have been given favor by me, so do not be afraid to ask. I want to guide you in your asking, but you must seek me to know what to ask. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you already, one of the beautiful things about this is that it, it, it's, it's an invitation to seek God and to come after him even more because I believe there's things that he's, of course, he's eternal and he's timeless, but then there's also some things that are ahead. And he was like, hey, I want you to seek after me because I have some wisdom that's ahead of you so that way you know how to navigate what you currently might be in, but you're already thinking ahead. Okay, so it's, it's a wisdom night tonight. So it'll just be some things that the Holy Spirit again will begin to speak to you and to open your eyes to some stuff that is beyond what might necessarily be coming out of my mouth, but you want to make sure that you are capturing and stewarding that moment as he's speaking to you. That's why I believe personally that writing is stewarding. It's a form of stewardship because the Lord tells us to do that as well. So here we go. Let's start with Jesus. Jesus asked questions. We know Jesus, God incarnate. We know Jesus the son of God, the son of man. We know Jesus also the master and the teacher. And so Jesus still today is the master and the teacher. And we are still his disciples. That's an awesome thing. We're still his disciples. And so we are honored to be that as well. But Jesus would ask his disciples questions because in his questioning, them, he was teaching. Also, in his questions, there would be a form of rebuke. Also, in his questions, there would be a form of revelation because Jesus, this is one of the beautiful things about it, he would not ask a question not already knowing the answer. Remember, I believe it was Philip, um, when there were thousands of people uh, that had gathered to hear him, and then uh, Jesus asked, I think it was Philip, where he said, hey, where can we buy bread? Where can we buy something to eat? But the Bible says this, he asked him that to test him because he already knew what he was going to do. <laughs> and remember how we said on Sunday, how we must be tested. So when God asks you a question, it's a moment of insight, not for him, but for us to be able to learn and to get some instruction. So Jesus would rebuke his disciples as well as some religious people, you know, through questions. It was a form of revelation, but then it was also a form of releasing. So we're releasing some things of the kingdom. And so having the right questions, even from his perspective and teaching some, something to somebody else, it's always good to just, instead of just telling them right away, ask a question. That way you find out where they are. Oh, we go even to the garden. God, Adam, where are you? He knew where he was, but it's like, look, I need, I need you to communicate. What, what is going on? What happened? He could have easily have just come down, found exactly where Adam was. and says, Adam, da, 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 da. But nah, because it was relationship. 
And it was still that invitation, Adam, where are you? Okay, and we saw that even with Elijah. Elijah, what are you doing here? <laughs> so here we go. Some questions that Jesus asked. So there's some insight, but I'm telling you, there's going to be such a drawing. We remember this. Um, you can just jot this down. We're not going to turn there. But Jesus um, asked his disciples. Remember when he was walking uh, through Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? It's in other Gospels, but I, have, I, I know about it in Luke chapter 9 as well. Luke records it. Who do men say that I am? Now, we know he wasn't saying that because he had an identity crisis. <laughs> he was saying that because in that moment, well, there's a whole lot of revelation to it. But one of the things was he was like, man, the Holy Spirit's about to drop some things and to speak some things. So that way they get an understanding. God is in this moment right now. And the father is telling me to ask them who do men say that I am because the father desires to reveal something even further that flesh and blood has no access to. Who do men say that I am? And so that's just a good question. Just even to kind of say it back unto the Lord. It's like, Lord, I just want to remind myself <laughs> that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. If there's ever any kind of, uh, Lord, any doubts about who he is, he's like, nope, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I'm not shaking about that. Another question uh, that Jesus asked his disciples is in Matthew 6, where he was sharing and talking about the provision of the Lord. And he asked such a question that, that I know is just so profound even to this day. He says, can you by worrying add any bit or any piece to your lifespan. We can say it that way. Can you add any cue? But I know one translation says that. Can you add anything by worrying to your lifespan? Because he was trying to bring them into some understanding about, it's like, look, don't worry. Oh, that is so good. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about where you're going to live. Not saying don't think about it. Those things we, we process and we, we, we get with the Lord about it, but don't worry about it. Oh, he says, because can you add anything to it by worrying? If anything is not going to add to your lifespan, more than likely worrying will actually take away. So he was just encouraging him and encouraging the disciples, and I believe he's encouraging us even now, do not worry. I know there's a lot of stuff many people are thinking about. I'm thinking about things too. <laughs> but the Lord is telling us right now, hey, I'm seeing your thoughts, and I'm measuring, but I just want to let you know and to remind you and to comfort you, don't worry. Woo! So somebody say, I'm not worried, Lord. Some, someone just needs to just kind of exhale right now and say, Lord, thank you for the reminder. I'm not worried about it. I'm not trying to figure it all out because I, I can't even add anything to it by worrying anyway. So I'm not going to worry about it. Worry does not belong to me. So Jesus asked that question. Can you do anything by worrying? Is that going to add anything? Is that helping? And the answer is no. <laughs> we know it's not adding anything to us. It takes away. Ooh. Remember, there were some, some blind men uh, that came to Jesus. This is in Matthew 9 that came to Jesus, 
and, and they were like, hey, son of David, um, you know, heal us. And then Jesus asked them, "Woo!" he asked them this, do you believe I can do this? <laughs> oh, let me give you that specific one. Matthew 9, 27 through 30. Jesus is saying, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can do this? Oh, what a question. So instead of worrying, now the Lord invites us and says, hey, do you believe I can do this? And you know what their reply was? I believe one person in particular responded. He said, yes. Then Jesus responded to him, according to your faith. Okay, let's go ahead and just look at that real quick. <laughs> according to your faith. Because here, here's, here's one invitation right now. Woo. Matthew chapter 9. This is just good to see. This is just good to see because it even helps us even as the Lord presents an opportunity for healing, praying for somebody. It's like, do you believe I can do this? So, so here we go. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men yep, followed him crying and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Somebody again, remember the, the Sunday before last, we gave a fresh yes. So somebody just say again, say, yes, Lord. <laughs> Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. I'll stop there. According to your faith, let it be to you. So again, he asked them that question. Do you believe I can do this? That was a moment of testing, but then also a moment where there was some releasing because out of their affirmation of saying, yes, Lord, then Jesus said, good, according to your faith now, let it be unto you. Whoa. It could the Lord be asking. I just kind of feel like the Lord might be asking somebody right now, hey, you know, there's some things that you've seen, and even though uh, you might not see it in the natural, you've seen it in the spirit. So now I'm asking you right now, do you believe I can do this? There's a, there's a desire in your heart that you've been crying out for me. Do you believe I can do this? Oh, my goodness. Do you believe the Lord can do it? Great question. What is your response? Someone needs to go ahead and put it in the chat right now. Just say, yes, Lord, with an exclamation mark. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> I believe. And then God is saying, according to your faith. Woo. According to your faith. I haven't done this on a Wednesday, but I feel like I need to do this now. Do you believe the Lord can do it? Say yes, Lord. Now, according to your faith, let it be unto you. Ah, oh, my God. Woo. No matter how impossible it might seem, we just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Okay, so, so, so here we go. Let's continue on. <laughs> this is something that Jesus asked Peter. And of course, based upon what we say, I'm just going to say that this isn't going to apply to us in this moment. 
But this is something that Jesus asked Peter. Remember when he was walking on water and he took his eyes off and started looking at the waves and Jesus reached out his hand and picked them back up and said, Peter, why did you doubt? <laughs> you were already, you already accepted the invitation, right? Oh, look at the question they asked Jesus. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And then Jesus said, come. And Peter, with his audacious self, got out of the boat, was walking on water in the middle of a storm, but then started looking at what was actually going on and got his eyes off. So now here's just a moment right here. When we're saying, yes, Lord, when you're out there on faith, guess what? You stay out there. Don't start looking at how is this happening? It's happening supernaturally. Stay out there. Keep going. Who knows how far they could have traveled? Who knows? The rest of the disciples could have been on the boat. And if perhaps maybe, I don't know, but perhaps Jesus and Peter could have continued walking on water to their destination. <laughs> Who knows? But the Lord was saying, it's like, man, why did you doubt? You're already out there on my word. Stay out there. Ah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Somebody again said, yes, Lord. Oh, so here it goes. This, this is another question. I think this kind of ties in. I'm starting to see a little theme here. I didn't recognize it until now. Jesus asked again in Luke 18, but when the son of man comes, will he find any faith on earth? Oh, wow. Will the son of man comes? Will he find any faith on earth? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So let's, let's go there and look at that too. <laughs> Luke 18. Because <laughs> this is talking about the parable of the persistent widow. Verse 2, there was in a certain city... A judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming. She weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Another question. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, remember, occupy till he comes, right? When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Somebody again, again, say, yes, Lord. One other question Jesus asked, he asked actually several questions, but another question he asked Peter, remember at his resurrection, I believe we talked about this before, but he said, Peter, do you love me? <laughs> and then we know that Jesus says, look, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says that in John 15. But so Jesus asks these questions. And so one of the beautiful things is when we, are in this dialogue with the Lord. We want to stay open and even writing down some of the questions and uh, 
let me just throw a little side little piece here. Uh, but I just remember um, it was even last, last year during our winning community, and we just talked about the four keys to hearing God and, and two-way journal, journaling. That was one of the things, just really uh, you know, having something and then just having a moment instead of us just um, spilling everything on our, that's on our heart. Then we just take a moment, Lord, I'm going to sit to see and watch what you will say unto me. And so that allows this opportunity for the Lord to begin to ask questions back. Okay, and then we continue this relationship and we continue this dialogue and it's the seeking further because the Lord loves it. The Lord loves it. Oh my goodness. He loves it, he loves it, he loves it. And it is so valuable. So one of the things that we want to be able to do is to, there, there's also, uh, you know, asking questions for learning. Okay, so that's what I was talking about even just now. You know, the Lord will ask us questions so that way we learn and then we can ask questions back so that way we can learn some more. That's part of that come learn of me. It's an invitation. It's like, look, I want you to seek after me. I want you to, I want you to know what's on my heart. I want you to know what's on my mind. I want you to know not just my works, but my ways, intentions, and it's things that we grow into because there's some stuff where the Lord will say, hey, you know what? I can't reveal this to you right now, but keep on coming. There was m many things that he wanted to say to his disciples, but they didn't have the capacity. <laughs> he had to breathe on them the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit had to uh, just show up in, 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 in fullness and then that now allowed them to have more capacity to receive additional revelation about who he is and his purposes, even while upon earth. Right. OK, so now here we go. We want to make sure we're asking questions and we know this, that it takes wisdom to ask the right questions. Somebody say, help me, Lord. <laughs> because we heard before, there's some stuff that he desires for us to know. Before we go there, one thing we do not want to do as we start to prepare and as we I know many of us already do that. So this is just a further, you know, charging, uh, you know, to this. But one of the things that we don't want to do is get into because there's a distinction. We don't want to get into questioning. Questioning has a different it has a different it comes from a different spirit. It comes from a different element. Questioning is not of God. And that's questioning because it's a question, but the spirit of it is doubt. The spirit of it is self-reasoning. It's, it's, it's void of conversation of God's insight and God's input. You remember it was, well, yeah, this being December 1st, and as people are preparing for the Advent season, uh, we remember the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth and, uh, you know, them being promised John the Baptist in the old age. But Zechariah, the priest, was like, how shall I know this? And then the angel had to, like, mute him because it's like, look, because you're asking that with doubt. That's questioning. What it's like, ah, you know, I got this question, but I don't think it can happen. I don't believe that this can be done. Another form of questioning we look at it with when Jesus went to his own hometown. Come on. And we know the own hometown. And so 
the people asked this question. Because they heard about Jesus and there was a few things that was going on, a few miracles and signs, but not many works in his own hometown because the people, the majority of the people had this questioning spirit. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Don't we know his mother? Don't we know his siblings? <laughs> who, who, who is he? That's questioning. Oh my goodness. But somebody say, look, that's not going to be me. That's not me. Let's mine for wisdom. Somebody say, I am mining for wisdom. Now, there's two particular questions uh, that you can ask God that I believe biblically are right questions to ask because we see them in the Bible. Whenever there's an encounter, whenever there's a dream, whenever there's a, maybe even a word or prophetic word or an occurrence, something that happens where God shows up in a particular and a unique fashion that really kind of stands out, there's two questions uh, that I think are important to ask. One of the questions is, what does this mean? That's one of the great response to ask the Lord, because, you know, we know there's questions that he asked us. Some of the things that we just talked about that Jesus asked his disciples. But now one of the, uh, the other thing is for us to be able to question him with the right spirit in the right manner to gain insight and in all our getting to get some understanding. So when the Lord shows up, and I know many people uh, listening right now, God is, I believe that the activity even of your dreams is just going to be picking up. The Lord will be kind of showing up, you know, in a dream fashion. And then it's like, okay, Lord, what does this mean? Let me write down as much as I can remember, as much detail as I can remember. And oftentimes dreams are symbolic. They're not literal. Oftentimes, sometimes they are, but oftentimes they're, they're not. They're symbolic. So you even see through scripture, uh, men of God, they would have open visions or they would have dreams or they would be taken up somewhere and they'd be having and they would have a conversation with an angel and the angel would show some things. And it's like, well, man, do you understand what you are seeing? And the person was like, no, what does this mean? And it's like, I'm paraphrasing now. I'm glad you asked. This means such and such. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> Another question that we see here that is important to ask, what must I do? Woo! That's good. What does this mean? What must I do? There's one particular, of course, we know for reference in Acts, it says the men, you know, heard the gospel and they said, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? But now let's take a look at uh, in John chapter 6, there's another particular one. John chapter 6, verse 28 and 2. Mm. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to go too much into this part, but yeah, 28 and 29. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe in him. So what must we do to perform the works of God? So again, going back to, okay, what does this mean? What must I do? 
What does this mean? What must I do? These are important because the Lord does not show up. <laughs> the Lord does not encounter just by happenstance. It's not for fancy, but it has purpose so connected to it. And again, remember, it's teaching, it's a revelation. In some moments, it can be a rebuke or it's a releasing of some things. So it's like, Lord, what does this mean? What must I do? And in that, that's something where, the God, where, where God is like, oh, good, because now I'm about to reveal my heart. I'm about to reveal my plan. I'm about to reveal my purpose or my intent. And that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want. Okay. Another form of asking. It shows up in seeking. These are just some things that I know that we do as well. Lord, what is it you want me to hear? What is it that you want me to hear or to be listening to? What is it that you are saying? Lord, what is it that you want me to see? What is it that you want me to say? Here's another great one. What is it you want me to learn to study or to, you know, set your focus or attention on in this season? Because it's a whole lot of stuff that we can be drawn to. But Lord, what is the particular thing that you want me seeking or believing you for? And Lord, and then as you say, I'm just saying, yes, I believe you can do this. <laughs> The Bible says this in Proverbs. Let me, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and read this. Proverbs 1. We're familiar with this. Proverbs 1, verse 20 through 22. Uh, 23. <laughs> Wisdom calls aloud outside she raises her voice in the open squares she cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city she speaks her words how long you simple ones will you love simplicity for the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. So it's important tapping into the wisdom of God, right? Wisdom is crying out in the streets, crying out in the open squares, crying out in the gates. Or here's another uh, way to phrase it. And I believe some translations might even say this crying out in the marketplace. Wisdom is, is, is crying out and oftentimes rebuking those that think they know. So as wisdom is doing this, then we have this response in the very next chapter of Proverbs. 
Remember how it says, look, I will make my words known to you. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Mm. Uh, let me do part verse seven, part eight. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. So you and I, we, and we have to go after it. One of the things I want to encourage you to do, uh, because there was some wisdom that Apostle Harry shared at the Kingdom Warrior Institute for the behind the scenes part two on yesterday. He talked about even with sports. He was like, look, man, I wanted it. I went after it. Same thing for us as it pertains to wisdom. I'm going to share why this is important um, towards the end. <laughs> But we have to go after wisdom. And guess what? It takes work. There's things that the Lord gives when we ask for it. But man, we still got to go after him. We got to go after wisdom. And it's a stretching. The knowledge of God. It is stored where? Up for us. We got to look up. We got to go. It's like, Lord. And that's why these questions that's why these questions that we ask God, it's like, Lord, because now he's bringing us up in our thinking. Like, look, yeah, I have every intention and desire to reveal this to you, but do you want it? Do you believe it? I've stored it up for you, but do you want it? Even think about it, even in your own self, just even now in relationships with, 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 with relationships that we have with people. And especially if you have somebody that you are leading or mentoring or coaching or providing instruction to, one of the things that people will ask, especially after sharing instructions or, or sharing inside of Revelation, do you have any questions? Why? Because now that places a demand, that, that pulls on something that is on that person. Because now it's like, oh, man, look, yeah, I got a question. There's some more. And I even think about it, you know, sometimes myself, there was a, um, yeah, even most recently uh, at the da -da 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 -da, Sunday breakfast mission Thanksgiving outreach that we participated in. And, of course, there was a team that packed goods and, and there was a team that did evangelism and, and shared with people. So during one of the um breaks while other people were coming in, someone came up to me and asked the question. It was like, hey, you know, I got these responses from people, but how should I respond, you know, if they say like this when I'm trying to share the gospel? And sure enough, it wasn't readily necessarily on my mind, but just in that moment, the spirit of the Lord just kind of gave some wisdom. And I was like, oh man, God, I wasn't even thinking in that direction because I was on the other, other team, you know, still praying, but it just came out. Because of the question. And so then they were like, oh, man, that is good. So they took that. And then I was able to show them some scripture as well to kind of help aid in them sharing, sharing the gospel. 
And so just in that moment, it was just, it was a teaching moment because a question was asked. And so this is something that we all have to learn. I, I got to get, and it's, it's funny because even in my degree in communications, I know how to ask questions. It's like, man, look, you got to ask more questions to know more. Don't stay stuck. Another, and, 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 some of the, and some of the ways in which to kind of um, break and get out of cycles, it's like, man, you know what, Lord? Maybe I've been asking amiss. Either maybe I haven't been asking anything or asking the right thing that kind of unlocks what it is that, that, that you would have for me in this season. So that's why you have to stay connected. This isn't something where we're just running off in our own wisdom. This, this ain't that. <laughs> but asking questions, you know, it's important to be able to learn. And then it also lets the mentor know if you're asking a question, the teacher know, the coach know, if you're asking a question, it's like, okay, yeah, they are hungry. Yeah, they, they are acknowledging some things. There are some things that they're, that, that they're wanting and some things that they're seeking after. And, and then you wind up as the student or as one that's learning, able to receive even more. Somebody say, amen. <laughs> yeah. Wisdom is stored up. The wisdom and knowledge of God is stored up for you. And on many occasions, he will have it in the mouths of other people. Ah, yeah. Because we're not in isolation. We are not alone. We're not just all self-contained or in and of ourselves. And so one of the things that helps is asking others the right questions. This will seem so practical, but I think it's some good now, just some good information. Because, you know, in this format, I don't really know who's listening and who's watching. And one of the things that we thank God for, we have different people from different walks of life that actually tap into our stream. And so I just say this, keep listening and tapping into the wisdom of God, right? But here's some practical things that help as well, too. But it's still a form of wisdom. But even just some good leadership questions. If you're desiring to grow, you know, in leadership, whether in job or another capacity, here's just some good leadership questions to ask. What books can you recommend on leadership? You ask somebody. Or what is it that you're currently reading right now? Because now that starts to develop. You start to understand the mind, the thinking process. And remember, good stewards, what makes them good is they think like the master. They think like the teacher. They think like, hey, you know what? I'm not just going to steward this in just my own ability, but you know what was real popular back in the day? What would Jesus do? <laughs> okay. How do you, oh, here's another good one. For business, organization, um, how do you generate ideas in your organization? Here's another great question for leadership. How do you continue to grow and develop as a leader? Woo. And then you, then you, then you, then you, then you're taking notes and you're writing some, some things down. I know sometimes when I'm in conversation with people and I sometimes I just have to let them know, I was like, look, if you don't hear me talking, it's because I'm writing down what you're saying. <laughs> and sometimes people might hear me do a little click clack if I'm on a, uh, you know, if I'm on my laptop or if, if I got a notepad or something in front of me. I remember having a conversation, you know, within the past, you know, few weeks with, with Bishop 
Robertson, and you know, he was just sharing some stuff, sharing some wisdom, some insight for how to acquire things and you know, some ministry stuff. And I just let him know, it's like, um, if you don't hear me talking right now, I'm just uh, writing down you know, some of the things that you're saying. And then I'd come back with another question. So that's just, it's just good, you know, for leadership, right? This is practical, but you know, one of the, def one of the declarations that we say during our giving is, God, we're believing you for jobs and better jobs, right? So now when that opportunity, ooh, here's wisdom, work that net. Uh, I know I said it quick, but somebody caught it, but let me say it again. Work that net. Now let me say it in another way. Network. You got it? Network. In other words, connect with some people. So as we're talking about jobs and better jobs, because let me just say this even before I get to this next point. Don't get lost in what the world and the news and, and, and everything that's going on, because that can cause you to just get into a shell and reserve and not to believe God for anything. And the world and the news and all that kind of stuff, it will come to steal and snatch any form of faith that you might have. Here we're declaring jobs and better jobs, but then we, then we hear about the economy or people leaving jobs and corporations and you start to read reviews and all that kind of stuff. There is a form of due diligence, but, you know, if, if God is starting to highlight or sh show some things, then don't let that stuff stop you. So, in other words, you have a, a connection, a circle of people um, that might know somebody that knows of positions that may be opening and some stuff that might not be posted. But if you talk to the right person because people know people. Then it's like, well, hey, do you know of any openings that might be here or. Do you have any recommendations? I'm, I'm thinking about this. These are some things that I'm considering. Do you have any thoughts? Do you have any recommendations about how I can pursue this or who I need to connect with to find out more about this? That's a great question. And then this stuff you can Google, but it's good. When you are in the interview, one of the things that they ask at the end of your interview, do you have any questions? The thing that you don't want to do is say no and shake everybody's hand and leave. Don't do that. Already have questions ready. So you can research on your own what kind of questions that'll be relevant for that part. But my point is getting to work that net. There's people that you know, and even the people that you do currently know that I believe that they are an access or a gateway to someone else who you need to know. So that way you and I can occupy and influence in, 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 in different capacities. Yeah. Okay, so now, matter of fact, I think I already kind of shared some of those questions, but what we want to do, the Lord gives us this. We want to ask, we want to seek, we want to knock. And it's amazing because when you take ask, seek, knock in those first letters, when you put it in, um, in a uh, uh, acronym, it's still ask. <laughs> a is ask, S is seek, K is knock. Okay, let's go there. Matthew, that'll be the last scripture. Matthew, because Jesus says some profound stuff, you know, in this. We'll, we'll finish with this, and then there's a word um, that I got right before we started tonight. 
verse 7 through 11. And Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Man, can someone thank God for that right there? <laughs> He's like, I'm not throwing up barriers and walls and gates. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Oh, but now here's the revelation. Here's the revealing and the heart of the Father. Here is the why. Or what man is there among you if his son, he's talking about human now, if his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, <laughs> being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Can someone just say that right now? How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. And I don't know about your translation in which you might be reading it from, but you can see right now, at least in the New King James, it has an exclamation mark at the end. Meaning that Jesus was emphatically sharing this truth about the heart of God and the invitation that we have continually to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. Because what we don't want to do when the Lord shows up and blesses and manifests and it's like, okay, I'm good. He's like, nope, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. I got to share this because uh, this is something that was to a fault of mine, but I got it now. My wife and I, when we first uh, were early on in our marriage, there were some things that was upon my heart as a goal and it was like a five year plan. And then the, diff the different things that we had just kind of set out and, and looked at and the things that I have written down, the things that I saw, what happened was majority, if not all, if I remember, all of the things did not happen in five years. They happened in three. <laughs> Everything that we were seeing and believing God for, they happened in less time. And then this is what I did to my regret in that moment, but I learned from it. I stopped asking and seeking and knocking. I was like, man, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, well, man, that happened. I'm like, man, God, well, that got taken care of. And so it was like a long period, a long gap where I had like, man, I don't, I just kind of just started to kind of go along with in, in, in life, but none. The Lord says, hey, you want my glory, right? I'm letting you know, Proverbs, it is my glory to conceal a matter, but it's your glory to seek it out. That's another form of glory in which is going to be made manifest because the Lord is like, look, I'm not hiding it just to keep it away from you. I'm actually concealing it to draw you closer to me. And in that, whoo, there's some more glory revealed. Because I'm going to get glory out of even what is revealed. And we draw even closer and you find more of me in your seeking. 
you find more of my goodness and even somebody say good things. Ooh. Okay, hear this in the spirit, because this is going this I know this is going to jar some people. And God knows your heart, but you got to hear this because I know I've been there, too. Sometimes we can be so wrapped. It's like, Lord, I love you. I want you. I don't, I don't care about anything else. But the Lord is like, I appreciate that. There's still some good things that I want to bless you with as well. So someone just say, Lord, I receive the good things. And let me just speak plain about it. Even some material things, the Lord's like, hey, no, I still want to bless you with some good things. <laughs> I don't want you to keep driving in a vehicle that is not safe or stable, even though it passes man's inspection. You got to pull over the side of the road to keep trying to cool down the radiator. No, there's some more things that I wanted to bless you with, but we want to, you got to come up in your thinking. What is the name of this ministry? Abounding grace. Keyword abound. Many of us, I feel like the Lord is just saying right now, you've learned the, the base things. You learned how to be a base. You don't got to stay there. I want you to abound. That's what this is about. We are mining for wisdom. It's like, Lord, I'm searching after it as a treasure. I'm calling wisdom my sister. So that means now, just even as a word of wisdom, that means this is something you got to, somebody you got to talk to. Somebody's even made an invitation. It's like, hey, anytime, you know, you want to have coffee or anytime you want to connect, anytime you want to get together, let me know. What they did in that moment, they put the ball in our court and here we've been stuck thinking that we're waiting on them. And the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. There's something in them, even in that conversation, that, that, that will help break some things open for you. So now, here's the word of wisdom for the assignment. For the assignment. Reach, out, reach back out to that person. Be like, hey, remember that time you said, you know, for us to connect? Can we do, if they're local, can we do a coffee? If they're not local, can we do just a Zoom chat, like 15 minutes? You know, I just have some questions to ask. As a matter of fact, and then as you say that, then you get before the Lord. Like, Lord, what do I need to ask them? <laughs> what do I need to ask? And God will be like, well, what do you want to know? Lord, what do I need to know? Boom, and then he'll begin to tell you. Then it's like, okay, let me write it down. Look, these are some questions that I have. Go ahead and send them, email them, text them to them ahead of time. These are some questions that I have to give them a moment to be able to think about it. As a matter of fact, that was actually one of the things in the, that conversation that I had with Bishop. You know, I put some stuff together and I sent an email and I said, even though I know, you know, I set up an appointment, but then he just called me even ahead of an appointment. And it's like, boom. And I was like, oh man, this is great. But guess what? There's still more of that I got to do. Come on. Somebody say me too. <laughs> more of that that, that we all have to do. And God is saying, hey, thank you for accepting that invitation. Now, here's the word. I'm going to finish with this part. And this came right before. In your seeking, this is powerful, roots will be exposed and wisdom granted that will sharpen your axe to be laid at the root so that there will be no more fruitlessness. 
And I kind of got to explain it just a little bit. Um, so in other words, in us seeking God, it's, 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 it'll expose some roots, whether of pride or fear. In a seeking after wisdom, it's going to expose some stuff that has been a root and is kind of hindered and kept this fruitless in certain areas. But he's like, in your seeking after wisdom, that wisdom now is going to sharpen your axe and that axe is going to be laid at the root. Because there's some things that maybe we thought we knew and we didn't know. Or the Lord is saying, hey, you know what? That is something that is not going to be connected to you uh, anymore. But it's like, Lord, I thank you now that in your wisdom, Lord, in, in the wisdom that you're giving God, that you are exposing roots. Some things have been hidden. And the Lord is like, hey, I'm going to start to expose that. So now when you see it, now you're going to get wisdom and instruction either on what to say or what to do to make sure that root is cut off from your life or from the life of the generations that come after you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wisdom. We're mining for wisdom. We're looking for wisdom. And it's more precious than rubies, more valuable than, than gold, than emeralds, all that. It's the wisdom. Wisdom to build Wisdom to take down and to not do anymore. Come on. How many people are excited? Like, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there's about to be some roots exposed. Yeah. Can we thank God for that? There's about to be some roots exposed in the name of Jesus. And then wisdom is going to be sharpening the knowledge of God. The wisdom of God is going to be sharpening us. So then, because this is what they say. When you're sharp. When you spend time sharpening in his presence, you don't have to keep whacking at something. <laughs> Some people are still whacking at stuff. Whack, whack, whack. Because they've grown dull in the spirit. And they're not in his presence to stay sharp, to get wisdom. It's like, man, you know, I'm going sharp. And I'm not going to have to be exhausted just cutting in. Man, I keep chopping at this and I keep chopping at this. Nope. Wisdom. It's like, Lord, thank you that this... I'm going to mine for wisdom. Sometimes I'm going to have to mine a little bit earlier in the morning or a little bit later at night or something that I may have listened to before. God, I'm going to cut that off and mine for wisdom. There's something in here, Lord, you want me to see. Something in here that you want me to find out. Sometimes the Lord will speak a word. Okay, I want you to focus in on this. It's like, Lord, okay, I'm not sure why, but you said it. I'm going for it. Some stuff, oh, this is true, this is real. Some stuff has been a root, and the Lord's like, I actually gave you a word a few years ago about it, but you didn't actually go in it, and now you tripped over the same root. So now go back to the word that I said a few years ago, and now let's come back and we can chop this root, and it won't be an issue anymore. It won't hinder your fruitless. It won't hinder your fruitfulness. There we go. That's good. Father, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you for your wisdom tonight. Lord, and even as I was sharing it in a calm demeanor, God, I know that your wisdom is shouting and, and crying out to your people saying, hey, listen to my words. <laughs> listen to my words. And so, Lord, that which has been stored up for the upright, 
Lord, you told us to ask. You told us to seek. You told us to knock. And Lord, we know to ask you, what does this mean and, and what must be done, Lord? But then there's also some wisdom uh, concealed in some of our connections and some of the relationships, Lord. So even give us wisdom, Lord, on how to, um, to glean and to pull and to grow and to learn from that. So that way we might steward properly, God, the opportunities that you've given us, the resources that you've given us, the relationships that you've blessed us with. In the name of Jesus, we say right now, we value your wisdom. We don't take lightly what you speak, Lord, in the season in which you speak it. Let us be diligent to hear. Let us be diligent. Someone just say right now, because remember in Proverbs, you said, if you receive my word. So, Lord, we say we receive your words. We receive your commands, Lord, and we repent for, for the things, Lord, that you have spoken in the past, Lord. And we kind of know that we kind of uh, maybe didn't really seek after it or go after what you meant by what you said. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I know sometimes we can hear what you say and then we just write it down, but never follow up and ask what you meant. And so we just stay stuck without that being manifested. Lord, so we repent from that in the name of Jesus. We repent, Lord, for any form of doubt and unbelief and turning our eyes and being drawn away to other things, Lord. And here in this moment right now, we thank you, Lord, for a freshness. Because it's what you desire for us to have a glory to be revealed, Lord. And, and in your love, you say, hey, I'm here again. Let's do this again. Let's try this again. The opportunity is for you again to ask, seek, and to knock. Because there's some good things I have for you. Lord, we say yes. <laughs> now, according to our faith, as we cry out to you, Jesus, according to our faith, let it be unto us. Ah, oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, go make that call. Go send that text. Send that, set up that appointment. Do it. Come on. You'll shout after with the results. <laughs> Hallelujah.